Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Moore Z and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, gratefully so. Today is Monday, December 24th, 2018. And we are reading in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and we are at the forward to the second edition. We are on page XVII, Roman numeral 7. We're going to be reading from the fourth paragraph that starts with the appearance of the new book through three paragraphs ending on XIX with we had to unify our fellowship or pass off the scene. The reference number for yesterday, Sunday, December 23rd, special edition, 12,331, 12331. OA's preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And Elaine H., will you please read the 12 steps of OA? Yes, I can do that. <clears throat> My name is Elaine H., um, and here are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives, <clears throat> excuse me, over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, <clears throat> excuse me, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as of the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Elaine H. And Marsha M., would you please read the 12 traditions of OA? Yes, thanks. Hi, this is Marsha M. from Bloomington, Minnesota. 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous are as follows. One, 
Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or communities directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Marcia M., thank you for your service. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two, or three like today, from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. And about uh, two minutes, 50 seconds, I'll give a gentle reminder for you to wrap up. But please, do time yourselves. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the person speaking should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are in the forward to the second edition. We are on page XVII, starting with the fourth paragraph that begins with the appearance of the new book, reading through three paragraphs, ending at the top of page XIX with we had to unify our fellowship or pass off the scene. And Allison L., would you please get us started this morning? 
I will. Thank you for your service, Maura. This is Allison L. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Ohio. With the appearance of the new book, a great deal began to happen. Dr. Harry Emerson Fosdick, the noted clergyman, reviewed it with approval. In the fall of 1939, Fulton Orsler, then editor of Liberty, printed a piece in his magazine called Alcoholics and God. This brought a rush of 800 frantic inquiries into the little New York office, which meanwhile had been established. Each inquiry was painstakingly answered. Pamphlets and books were sent out. Businessmen traveling out of existing groups were referred to these prospective newcomers. New groups started up and it was found to the astonishment of everyone that AA's message could be transmitted in the mail as well as by word of mouth. By the end of 1939, it was estimated that 800 alcoholics were on their way to recovery. In the spring of 1940, John D. Rockefeller Jr. gave a dinner for many of his friends to which he invited AA members to tell their stories. News of this got on the world wires. Inquiries poured in again and many people went to the bookstores to get the book Alcoholics Anonymous. By March 1941, the membership had shot up to 2,000. Then Jack Alexander wrote a feature article in the Saturday Evening Post and placed such a compelling picture of AA before the general public, the alcoholics in need of help really deluged us. By the close of 1941, AA numbered 8,000 members. The mushrooming process was in full swing. AA had become a national institution. Our society then entered a fearsome and exciting adolescent period. The test that it faced was this. Could these large numbers of erstwhile erratic alcoholics successfully meet and work together? Would there be quarrels over membership, leadership, and money? Would there be strivings for power and prestige? Would there be schisms which would split AA apart? Soon AA was beset by these very problems on every side and in every group. But out of this frightening and at first disrupting experience, the conviction grew that AAs had to hang together or die separately. We had to unify our fellowship or pass off the scene. Well, there is a lot here that could be talked about. Um, I love that in this meeting, we share what the directions in this big book mean to us. Um, it means uh, so much and so many things to each of us um, separately. I love hearing what others what it means to them. When I'm reading this, I'm reminded of um, when I first was introduced to the big book and started working with a sponsor for the first time and when I was coming out of relapse. Um, the history, the forewords, um, they weren't that exciting to me. I was in pain and I wanted to not be in pain. I didn't understand quite how these would be helpful information for me. Um, so it's kind of something I have to see in hindsight that um, that what these what this history was showing me was it was showing me how God worked how through these people through these circumstances um, and it gave me hope um, it was building this foundation of hope that I needed that it, it worked for these people um, you know God made sure that it, it got where it needed to go and that it was um, what it needed to be um, and that the directions worked um, for first one and then two and then a hundred and then um, thousands um, and 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 it can work for me too. That was what reading this um, was showing me. It was um, giving me hope to to do the steps as they're outlined in this book because it had worked precisely. And then by following the instructions, um, I now get to be free of this obsession that drove me back to food over and over again for most of my life. Um, and I, I've learned that I, I'll always have 
this abnormal physical reaction. Um, and yet I trust one day at a time that I have a way through these instructions to get an effect from a divine source so that the desire um, for those addictive substances, it doesn't return. Um, and now I get to be a part of this divine miracle that this history shows so so clearly how it was it played out and and the history that's being written right now each time that i'm you know i share with someone about my oa journey um that i come to a meeting um, and identify as recovered um, as i sponsor someone that's a new history being written that that uh, god is allowing me to be a part of so i'm going to um, keep showing up it, it it all is um making a difference. It's all useful um, in God's will. So I uh, keep coming back and building that foundation of hope. Uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Allison L. Okay. If you'd like to share, please press star one. Please say your name once. Give me the first name and last initial, and I will say it back to you. Who would please like to be. share? Hi, I'm Boston. Matt yeah, Henry, Henry, W, Katie K. G, Larry K, Katie G, Katie F, Katie G, Katie G, Harlan G. Gotcha. Okay. W. And Harlan G. And that's it. That's it for now. <laughs> Goodness gracious. All over. A little bitty forward. I have Lisa B, Matt M, Larry K, Katie F, Katie G, Harlan G. Whew. Okay, if everyone but Lisa B. would press star one, please. Thank you very much. Lisa, take us away. Oh, good morning, Maura. Thank you so much for your service. Thanks for everyone being there. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And uh, the lines that I wanted to talk about was each inquiry was painstakingly answered so um, I was just on a two-week cruise, and I regularly attended uh, Friends of Bill meetings, which was a very amazing experience. There were drug addicts, alcoholics, and compulsive overeaters present. Every night at 5 o'clock p.m., 11 of us met, and two of them were from uh, Quebec, Canada, and they left such an impression on me that I decided to read in the big book a story called Gratitude in Action, which is the story of Dave B., Dave B., one of the founders of AA in Canada. And I read that story, and it talks about how he was given the big book, and he decided to get in touch with the New York office. And what I read was really amazing. Um, uh, you know, the woman to answer the phone told him that she was an alcoholic. We have recovered. If you want, we'll help you. But then this is what really spoke to me. Um, he had another conversation with them, and uh, this is what they said to them. The people in AA office in New York said, um, he says, um, let's see here, you sound very sincere, and from now on we will be counting on you to perpetuate the fellowship of AA where you are. You will find enclosed some queries from alcoholics. We think you are now ready to take on this responsibility. And then they enclosed with them 400 letters, you know, that he needed to start to read and answer. And it made me think about how wherever I am, wherever I am, it is my responsibility to perpetuate, you know, this message, this clear message. And that is the foundation of our program. That is the history. And I know on all of the other shares you're going to hear the wonderful um, 
you know, God instances of how this fellowship came together. But I love that word painstakingly answered. And I think about the calls that I get, the emails, the texts that I get from newcomers, people coming back from relapse, and all those same messages that I send out to them. Because I am in need of speaking with those individuals probably more than they are speaking of me. So speaking to me and how I painstakingly really do try to answer all of them. Um, so anyways, I'm so glad to be here. I'm very grateful for all of you. Your voices were in my head all through the cruise, and it was a gift to walk around a free person, free and recovered, and able to try and carry this message to my Friends of Bill meetings. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Matt M., it's your turn, followed by Larry Kay. Good morning, Moore. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M., a compulsive overeater over here in New Jersey. First of all, I want to share an experience that I had, how AAs have to come together or pass off the scene. I was working yesterday at my part-time job, and a friend of mine, it's a miracle. I was just standing still, and all these people in my life that I met last year or that I know from previous experiences started coming into my, into my story yesterday. It was the weirdest thing. It was like, this is your life kind of episode that I was dealing with. and. Uh, this one woman, um, she was a really sweet person. I used to work in, I used to work with her in a point when my previous jobs came over and she's very morbidly obese. And we were talking, she was so happy to see me and she saw me how different I'm starting to look that I lost a bunch of weight. And she asked me, So what are you doing? And I told her what I'm doing, I'm doing what I'm working with Oh, she said, What is that? I said, Overeaters Anonymous. And at first she said, not taking it back, but she didn't know what I was talking about. And I I said, it definitely worked for me. And she said, well, yeah, she started talking about pay and weight plays that she was working on. And uh, she lost a little bit of weight so far. And I was like, in my head, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you, I believe you're one of us. So I don't know if it's going to work for you. But, you know, I was really realizing that, you know, it takes all kinds of us. And uh, I just spoke about my own truth. And I was just trying to pass along a message to her. And hopefully she takes it or she doesn't. But I was just trying to be my first authentic self, not to be fake, not to proselytize, not to sing all the praises of OA and how wonderful it is because that wouldn't work either. You know, I just spoke my truth, told her what I'm doing and why I'm looking differently and she seemed to she seemed to understand. But you know, it's it's I left it at that because you know why I can't force this program at anybody else. It's attraction, not promotion. And I can't I I want to be an OA cheerleader. I am a cheerleader for this program, but that doesn't work in most cases with people who are new to the program who have never heard of OA. You know, it says be an example. Be an example of the truth you want to see in the world. You know, and um, so that's all I'm, try- that's all I'm trying to be. I'm not. A, I'm not. I'm not a, a guru. I'm not an expert. I'm just another bozo on the bus, another sardine in the can. I'm just trying to be be the be my own be me. That's all I'm trying to do is be the best part of me I can be. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt M. Larry K., it's your turn, followed by Katie F. Uh, thanks, Maura. Thanks for your service this morning. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on uh, one guy, uh, Harry Emerson Fosdick, that's mentioned in these paragraphs. He was um, an American pastor. In fact, um, he was actually somewhat unique at the time, from what I understand, because he was one of the most prominent, prominent um, liberal ministers of the early 20th century. And this came at a time when there was a strong fundamentalist movement, a a strong push in that direction. And here's this guy 
that was asked to review the book. And I'm really influenced by some of the things that, that he said in his review of the book. Um, and and here's, here's some of what he said that, that interests me. He said within his review, the core of their whole procedure is spiritual. They are convinced that they are convinced that for the hopeless alcoholic, there is only one way out the expulsion of his obsession by a power greater than himself. Let it be said at once that there is nothing partisan or sectarian about this spiritual experience. Agnostics and atheists, along with Catholics, Jews, Protestants, tell their story of discovering the power greater than themselves. And then he quotes, who are you to say that there is no God? One atheist in the group heard a voice say when hospitalized for alcoholism, he faced the utter hopelessness of his condition. Nowhere is the tolerance and open-mindedness of, of the book more evident than in its treatment of this central matter on which the cure of all these men and women has depended. So here was a guy reviewing the book, and I think he got it. He got it. He got the essence of this deal. He basically said, look, it doesn't matter who you are. You come here as an atheist, agnostic, some theological orientation. doesn't matter. These people are getting well by placing their trust and reliance on a higher power of their own understanding. And I think he, he pulled the essence out of it. And I'm, I'm grateful for people like him because we needed, we needed um, people, we needed leaders, non-alcoholic leaders, to give their opinion, to get the essence of this, to throw their support behind it. And I think that was really pivotal for the growth. And we'll, we'll you know, others will share, but I just wanted to focus on my gratitude for, for that individual. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Katie F., it's your turn, followed by Katie G. Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And the part I want to focus on is, would there be schisms which would split AA apart? Soon, AA was beset by these very problems on every side and in every group. Um, but out of this frightening and at, this, at first disrupting experience, to the conviction grew that AAs had to hang together or die separately. And, you know, first of all, they had, to, they had a lot of work. I mean, they didn't have computers. They didn't have, I mean, they barely had typewriters. I mean, they had typewriters. But, um, you know, answering all these inquiries, they couldn't direct them to a website. They couldn't, you know, just the, thing, the technology we have today to help us to, you know, to give people more information about this program is just amazing. And, and yet they um, were able to, you know, answer all these inquiries. And so that's my first part is that this program is, is meant to be work. It's not meant to be, you know, you get sober, you get um, thin, you get your thin body, and then you, you know, uh, pick up your bag and you walk out the door. I mean, these people stayed in recovery and they stayed in these rooms for the rest of their lives. And I've been in these rooms for a long time. I've been recovered for a very long time. And when I tell people how long, there's sort of a gas that I'm just taking the time to answer their call. And it's like, you know, it, it doesn't end. It never ends. And they, um, <clears throat> they had all these problems, the same kind of problems that we can have, you know, where people are suddenly, you know, you get a sponsor who tells you you have to do X, Y, and Z, which has nothing to do with the big book and has nothing to do with, 
anything. It's just something they're making up. And, you know, we can get off track so easily. But that's why I'm so grateful for this book, because it puts us back on track. And it helps us to keep things pretty simple, you know. Um, this this uh, program is full of very simple slogans, you know, first things first, uh, easy does it, one day at a time. And, you know, those are the kind of things that I implement in my life um, when everything is getting very, uh, uh, you know, disruptive and people are, are wanting to, you know, fight me on every turn. I have to keep things very simple. Um, and that's why I love this meeting, because we are constantly going back to the beginning and we're going through all of this again. And you can go through the steps again as we go through the book again, or you can take you know, newcomers through it. And we are all learning, but it's, it's a never ending cycle of moving upward um, in our lives and getting better one day at a time, but it's not over. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Katie G, it's your turn, followed by Harlan G. Good morning, Maura. Thanks for your service. Good morning, my fellow Katie G recovered. Yeah, I mean, schism. So what is a schism? It is a division, discord, separation, and conflict. And I've been taught that the ism of my disease, alcoholism, we don't really have one for food, but is I separate myself, right? I separate myself from you. I separate myself from myself. I separate myself from God. I'm terminally unique, and eating is a step up, right? And I'm currently in the process of making amends. I go through the work every year, have been guided to. And um, I have made amends using this word, schisms, schisms. I regret the schism that I have created between us. Why? Because of my fear, right? That fear separates me from all of you and, and is so afraid that you're going to reject me that if I even smell you're going to reject me, I'm going to reject you first. And God is showing me the more subtle ways that after being recovered for a few 24 hours, I do that with people. The schism that I put between my sister-in-law, the schism that I put between my mom's partner and I, and I get to show up and unify. Unify. What is unify? Make one unit, a whole, connect. We are all, as a teacher of mine said, we are all on our own donkey. But fear separates me. And when I first came into the OA, I really bought into the schisms. I could name but will not because of the integrity of this meeting, all of the different fellowships, all of the schisms between OA. right? And we can, we can hang together or die separately. I've had the privilege of making amends to women in these rooms who are teaching me, I don't want to die separately, right? Like I can bring you down because you're not doing things the way I want to. Or I can unify our fellowship based on these 12 simple steps, right? I can unify our fellowship based on we are all on our own donkey trying to get to God. And whatever gets you to God, that's between you and God. And all I can do is show up and say, me, KDG from Boston, this is what works for me. And if it doesn't work for you, that's cool. Let us be friends at that, right? Like in sponsorship, if this isn't working for you, that's okay. Book says I can change sponsors at will, right? But we don't, we, we have to hang together. See, I think about all the years I spent in my head separating myself, that little girl who was starving and binging and purging, right, all on my own, 
right? And if you're in relapse, you know that feeling because you don't want to call us because you're so afraid that we're going to reject you. We have to unify our fellowship or die alone, right? So let's unify. These 12 steps are so beautiful, and they unify us together. Our primary purpose, my primary purpose today is to stay clean and help other um, compulsive overeaters, not fight them. I have ceased fighting anything or anyone, and God willing, we'll do it another day with that I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Hanlin G., it's your turn. Thank you, Maura, and thank you to Team Monday. There's a lot here, and there's too much for three minutes here, but just to recap, what a beautiful uh, recap we had of Dr. Hem uh, Harry Emerson Fosdick, the liberal clergyman. But on the next page, XVIII, and on the next page, we have a lot of really good stuff. Fulton Ausler was the editor of Liberty Magazine, which was a somewhat religious magazine that reached a lot of people in the United States. And the article, Alcoholics and God, painted a picture of what Dr. Silkworth had discovered. In there are a lot of quotes from Silkworth. Most of those quotes are directly right out of the big book. Some of them have been paraphrased. But what Dr. Silkworth's quotes put before the public was that this was an illness. It was not a matter of willpower. It was a matter of a physical allergy to alcohol and a twist of the mind that drove the alcoholic irresistibly into the alcohol against his will. Because when the book was written, let's remember that it was published in 1939. You couldn't give this book away. You couldn't give it away. They were about to foreclose on them. They were about to take the book Pro the, pub the printer was about to take the book project over. Then they went to Rockefeller. They wanted money from Rockefeller. Rockefeller wouldn't give him any. He finally gave him $5,000, they <clears throat> which they used for Dr. Bob's mortgage, which they were about to foreclose on. Uh, Bill got some of it. Bob got some of it. Then he put Bill and Bob on a $35 a week stipend, which was paid back when the book started selling. But he gave credibility and then Jack Alexander gave credibility. We read the words Jack Alexander today, and what we don't realize is Jack Alexander was an investigative reporter. Jack Alexander did not examine AA to find out what was right with it. He examined AA to find out where was the scam, where was the rub. And he came in and he investigated it, and he found out and wrote in the Saturday Evening Post, which had a tremendous tremendously high uh, exposure in the United States, that this worked, that this was fantastic, that there were no dues or fees. If you wanted to drop in some money, great. If you didn't, that was okay, too. And he painted such a compelling picture because of his credibility as an, uh, as an investigative reporter. People listened to him. And finally, in the last few seconds here, we were coming apart in the 1940s. The book is written in the 30s. The literature is a product mostly of the 60s. In the 40s, AA was coming apart, and that's why the first uh, tradition is for Gentle unity, reminder. and that unity became our watchword, and with that, I will pass. Thank you very much. Thanks, Harlan G. Okay, so, refresher. We are on page. Charles H. Hang, hang on, Charles. I got you. Hang on, please. We're on page XVII. 
fourth paragraph. This is the forward to the second edition. We read through three paragraphs ending on XIX at the top of the page with we had to unify our fellowship or pass off the scene. And who would like to share after Charles H.? Ross M. Jennifer W. Ross M. Somebody W. And Craig, who was the W? Jennifer. Sally. Jennifer W. I'm sorry, say again. Sally B. Valley. I'm sorry, spell that for me, please. S-A-L-L-Y. Oh, Sally. (laughs) Did you say B as in boy? Yeah, B as in boy. B as in boy. Okay. Thanks. All right, I got Vasa O, and that'll stop for now. I got Charles H., Russ M., Jennifer W., Craig F., Sally B., and Vasa O. If you're not Charles H., would you please press star 1 to mute your phone? Good morning, Charles, my big brother. Good morning, my spiritual sister, Maura. How you doing? Thank you for your service, Charles H., uh, recovered compulsive overeater. I want to drill down where it says, would there be isms and schisms that will break AA apart? You know, um, drama and and foolishness and oversensitiveness and controversy. Um, thank God there was some controversy, uh, and that's why this meeting – you know, great things happen out of controversy. This meeting was built out of controversy. If there was no controversy, there would be no vision for you meeting, right? And, um, and, and thank God, right, that this meeting studies the book, right? Like um, – there, there is isms and schisms because if there weren't, there wouldn't be no, there would be no need for no ten steps, <laughs> right? And uh, thank, thank God, right, for this because um, I don't know about you, right, but I know there's isms and schisms. Isms for me is indescribable short memory. I forget what happened yesterday. Um, thank you, God, through the ten and eleven and twelve, right? And um, man, uh. It's just amazing how these steps work. It's a miracle. It's a wholesale miracle. You know, just just envision back in the 30s and the 40s, right, when this thing started, power, prestige, and all that. Uh, even in 2018, I want to share. Why they share so much? Well, why are you worried about that? Get on the line. Stop bitching and complaining and moaning and groaning. Get on the line if you, got, if you want three minutes of fame or want your voice to be heard. Or call Leigh and Melanie and be like, hey, I want to be a moderator. Yo, shout out to the moderators. Y'all are the real MVP. You got to take the slack. You got to take the this. You got to take the that. If you are fearless and you work in these steps, you will battle this indescribable short memory. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Caught me off guard there, Charles. Thank you. Russ M., my brother. So it turns all by Jennifer W. How are you, Mar? One of my favorite people on the earth. Good morning, everybody. Russ Adam recovered compulsive overeater outside of Philly. So, you know, as soon as I heard those years, March 1941, just brought up, evoked a lot of emotion with me. You know, my dad was born February 1941, yet he died an alcoholic. All his health problems stem from alcoholism. Now, my dad was a superstar. And, yes, it's my dad, so I'm, a, you know, I'm going to be biased. But he was a great man, and he battled this disease valiantly. But there was never one thing, you know, alcoholism valiantly. But he never – there was no talk of AA. You know what I mean? We never heard of that. And I think 
for myself that I, you know, I, I, I broke down and, and I was crushed that I came in these doors and I found this beautiful program that, that I have life. And, and I feel, you know, how many more people, you know, are, are born compulsive overeaters but never, ever put their hands in this book. Never, their eyes never see the word. Words of these books, you know, the doctor's opinion, we agnostics, how to work the steps. And they die a miserable, just suffering life. They die while they're alive. And uh, it just compels me to, to share this with others. And how, how blessed are we? You know, we got the holidays here. We, we're round up the, we, we count our blessings, right? But the holidays are every day. They're every day with this program. Look at my, lick at my, suck at my cock. It's the first time for Russ, please go ahead. Just get on your knees. Start Russ, please st- press star one to unmute again and continue, please. Um, do it right now and don't buy now. Oh Thank you very much to those working in the behind the scenes, Leia and the Tara, for taking care of that. We are all sick individuals, and what we can do is pray for them every day. Bless them, change me. <laughs> Amen. Please continue. Y'all, y'all got my point. Don't worry about it. Let's pray for these jokers. I love you all, and I hope your holidays are great. Have a beautiful day, everybody. Thank you, Russ. Okay, Jennifer W., it's your turn, please. Yes, hello. This is Jennifer calling from Sweden. Can you hear me? I can, yes. Please, go ahead. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I mean, Chris, um, I mean uh, we're celebrating Christmas a day before, and... Um, what uh, really what I felt that I needed to take with me today is the words from the text, Our Society and Fellowship, because I have, uh, it's very hectic for Christmas. Uh, we are skiing, it's a lot going on, and I definitely need to find my people. And I'm so grateful that I, I feel that I found my people here and for this book and that I can call and just uh, um, get some energy because um, it's 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 a lot of going on um, that is as um, around the food this time time around or this holiday so it's really uh, fantastic that I can listen to you get some energy and that I have a fellowship and a society to understand my way and the way I need to eat. So I'm really grateful for that. I will pass. And Merry Christmas. Thank you, Jennifer W. Craig F., it's your turn, followed by Sally B. Thank you, Maura. Good morning. This is Craig F. F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, glad to be on here this morning. I uh, um, 
love these this story, these stories of the early fellowship and and the rate of growth. And I, uh, I, you know, I'm not an expert on this, and I only, I certainly wasn't there, but I understand that uh, that the sobriety rate at this time, when you're talking about it, that uh, that is the number of people that came through the door and got sober and stayed sober was about 60, 60%, uh, six out of every 10, which is phenomenal. Um, uh, when you consider the fact that, uh, uh, not too many years before this, the word uh, hopeless was always used as an adjective to alcoholics. Almost always that if you were alcoholic, uh, they, you, you were considered hopeless and, uh, uh, very few, you know, Dr. Young said once in a great while he saw uh, somebody uh, that would have what he called a, a, a psychic rearrangement, but uh, it was certainly the exception and not the rule. And so for an organization like this to come along that had a 60% recovery rate was uh, w- was phenomenal. Um, you know, I, doctors, I think, consider us as compulsive overeaters. Uh, if you go in and they put morbid obese, obesity, they used to hand you a diet. I think less and less doctors are even doing that because they consider people that are that are 100 pounds overweight. You know what the 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 statistic is: four percent, four percent of the people that are have 100 pounds to lose can keep take it off and keep it off. And if you have 200 pounds to lose, the the statistic is not measurable. Is what they say that. In other words, uh, they consider uh, us hopeless. Um, we, uh, uh, but we we do have hope, and we have hope in this in this book, in this spiritual way of life that teaches us how to handle life on God's terms. And uh, uh, you know, we look around us and we see people that have recovered from uh, a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, and and. Uh, what a what a wonderful hopeful thing that is and uh because i don't think the world gives us hope you know we we I, I, you know at least for me you know i thought i was born with this compulsion and i was going to die with this compulsion but it doesn't have to be that way today and uh, i do have a way out um you know that i i can't pass without saying that without talking about this Thing that thing. Oh, thanks. That, that they used to say in AA that all it took to start a new meeting was a resentment and a coffee pot, and uh, you know, and uh, we'll give you a coffee pot, but you're responsible for your own resentments. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Craig. Yes, Sally B. It's your turn, followed by Vasa O. And if yes. you're not Sally B., please press star one to mute your phone. Thank you so much, Mara, for your service, and thanks, everybody, for being on the line. Really, really appreciate this meeting. Um, so um, I've appreciated all the shares that I've heard, and I especially am honing in on the word unity and unification and unify. Um, I don't have the book in front of me, so I wasn't. I got on a little bit late, and I wasn't able to read yet what was uh what was read myself, but um, I really am honing on this word unity for a number of reasons. Um, Just knowing that I have a place to go to, that I have a fellowship to go to, um, 
you know, this morning is an example. Woke up feeling a little bit anxious and a little bit out of sorts. Um, and I knew that this meeting was on the line. And I could get on this meeting and hear people's experience, strength, and hope. And that gives me strength as well. And I hope that I'm able to give some people strength. Um, and, that, you know, that that to me is just the magic of this program is knowing that there's a place to go and I don't have to be alone. And not only do I not have to be alone, but I am encouraged to not be alone. And it's vital that I am not alone because so much of my life um, I've tried to do things on my own and I do tend to isolate still sometimes. And I do tend to want to make my own decisions. And, um, you know, knowing that I don't have to do that and that I have other people that I can fall on really gives me a lot of support. And, you know, just being able to rely on other people um, gets me out of my own head and, you know, helps me see wisdom that I won't necessarily see by being in isolation. Um, you know, I've also seen this program, you know, just the fellowship and the unity of this program work so beautifully for myself and for other people. Um, we have a meeting in our community, which is uh, for religious women in our community, and we have a WhatsApp group. And every now and then people, you know, people come and go. And just yesterday somebody came back um, you know, was able to reach out to the group and to ask about meetings. And uh, we were able to give her some encouragement. And, um, you know, that's, that's part of the unity is knowing that, you know, even if we leave the rooms or even if we're in the rooms but we're still eating, whatever stage we're in, we can always reach out to other people. We can always come back. We always have reminder. that support. Thank you so much. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Sally B. Vasa O, it's your turn. Yes, I'm here. Thank you, Maura Z, for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive over it, calling from Port Charlotte, Florida. And again, I am so grateful to all the people that helped to put this big book together. It's such a gift for me. It saved my life. Um, I lost hope. You know, by the time I came to Overeaters Anonymous, I just lost hope. I remember saying, everything I've tried, it just did not work. And, you know, this was going to be my last stop. And this was the best stop. I haven't left in many, many, many years. And, uh, and for me, I remember hearing, put the food down, Vasa. The solution was to put the food down, clean house, Trust God and help others. And the best part I heard was this was not a religious program. It was a spiritual program. If somebody said to me this was a religious program, I probably would have never came back. But anyways, uh, it is uh, my responsibility to pass it on to others, like the uh, like this other people. Um, that became sober or abstinent. And in order for me to keep what I have, I have to pass it on. That's my sponsor told me years ago. 
it's a free program, you know, and it was given to me freely. I this I I have fifty cents or a dollar. I put a lot a lot more money in the basket now because I wor- I worked and I was earning money. But in those days, for me to put a dollar or fifty cents, it was big, and I wanted to put the money because it it goes money goes into it to run this programs too, literature, meetings, whatever, everything. But anyways, I am so grateful this was book was all put together. It was just handed to me and followed the directions. Vasa. Just followed the directions. And if it worked for them, it's going to work for me. And it works for me too. It's a program of attraction rather than promotion. Uh, I'm just being example, proud of an example. And that's the way it goes. And and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Oh, okay. So at 7.48, we have seven minutes. Let's take uh, oh two, maybe three people. Leia. Who'd like to share? I heard somebody. Leia S. Leia. Tenzin P. Leia S. I'm sorry, somebody else? Tenzin P. Tenzin P. Yes. And maybe one more. Judith R. Judith R. Okay, Leia S. Tenzin P. Judith R. Leia S., go ahead, please. Thank you, Mara. Thank you, everyone. Good morning. Um, wow, this, what is this 12-stepping all about? It is so amazing the excitement, the the uh, feeling that that oh my goodness, I'm getting it every single day. Something new, I'm learning every single day. Just take this meeting alone, this meeting on the phone where I haven't met people. I came in in 2013 on these lines, and how that has mushroomed. It is unbelievable if I go to the website and I see how many names there are and how many people it has stuck to. Why did it stick? Because it's working. There is something that is really profoundly um, authentic about this whole thing. This is this is a program that is working. And it, it's all it's all given from the heart. It's given from it's given over because. It is working for me. Um, that's the reason it is starting. Uh, this self-stepping is just me. Leia, yes. we're having difficulty hearing you. Could you speak more directly into your spike speaker? Oh, well, actually. <laughs> that's better. Okay. That's it right there. Pass. Thank you very much. Uh, okay. Um, Tenzin P., it's your turn. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. So grateful to be on the line. And uh, two things. I wanted to express gratitude, um, you know, that, that comes up as a result of the reading and as a result of the sharing uh, for the consistency and the diligence that everyone who comes on this line, who gives service on this line, the history um, going back to the beginning and the friends of um, the grandfather program that just resulted in the mushrooming. So gratitude today 
for my recovery, for my sponsor, for my sponsees, for all uh, everyone on this line. And um, second, there was some sharing early on today about the schism that's talked about, the potential schisms that's talked about in the last paragraph we read. And I'm in the process of a deep uh, revisiting of the fourth step right now. And um, I'm getting to look at a deeper level this year at what are the schisms that are in myself and that I have projected into the world and created difficulties for other people. And it's um, a very awesome and uncomfortable process. And I'm grateful for my abstinence and for the consistency and diligence that, you know, I am being graced with. So thank you very much. I pass. Okay, thank you, Tenzin. Judith R., you've got three minutes if you'd like to share. Thanks so much, Maura. This is Judith R., gratefully recovered in Vermont. Um, the word unity is popping out at me. In OA, we have had more, even more trials about unity, I think, than AA, and AA had plenty. But when I first came in about 40 years ago, all, mostly I heard the steps, but I didn't hear anything about abstinence. Abstinence was just not talked about very much, not that important. Then we swung the other direction and everything became about, the, about abstinence and there was less said about the steps. And thank God, <laughs> um, when I started hearing vision, I was like, okay, now, now I know. Um, and I understand very deep in my heart why some groups felt that they had to schism from OA. They, they needed abstinence, and in OA it was so vague and so underrated that they just felt they had to leave. And I just pray that they come back or that somehow this all gets mended because we'd have a much bigger fellowship if, if we weren't splintered and fragmented. And I do see this meeting as the renaissance of of patching us back together so that we can find each other and um, work together. And I'm just so very grateful for this meeting and so very grateful for OA. There was a point where I thought OA was going to die because it was so it was getting so weak. And now I know <laughs> we're we are rebirthing. <clears throat> Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Judith R. And we have a minute to go. And um, I'm going to take that real quick. And I'm going to share. This is Maura Z. Recovered, gratefully, in Virginia. And I just wanted to give a shout out for 12 Steps for AA, for our grandparent program. Because without it, I would not, I would not be here today. I would not have the incredible blessings that I have in my life. And um, and a thank you to my sister who 12-stepped me posthumously. I miss her dearly. Okay, it is 7.55, so that means thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Today's share ID, 12,333.
one, two, three, three, three. And we will now close with the reading, <coughs> excuse me, from the big book on page 164. Craig F., would you read that for us, please? And we will follow that with the serenity prayer. Okay, this is Craig F. again. Um, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own home is in order, own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>